Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. This is Anne-Marie Zanzel. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so excited to welcome to the show today, Angela Jabaley. Angela is a quantum health coach who deals with shifting limiting beliefs that entrap people in unhealthy patterns into a new mindset that allows them to achieve happiness and freedom. Angela has acquired five diplomas along the way in biology, nutrition, and master's in curriculum and teaching, as well as sports nutrition and, and sports nutrition, and eventually a PhD in quantum medicine that brings science and spirituality into one. Welcome, Angela, to the Thank show. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we were talking a little bit about the before the show began and Angela identifies as a lesbian and her pronouns are she, her. So tell me a little bit about your queer Middle Eastern journey. (laughs) I mean, if I have to start everything about my career, I the first thing I knew is that I liked girls at the age of five and people look at me like, are you crazy? I was like, no, I knew it because at that time I was in Brazil, actually. And I saw my sister walking in with this girl and I was like, I want to marry that woman. I want that one. But I didn't know that it that it, it was OK to it. That's why I created a man in my head. It's like mm-hmm. because, you know, the idea that it's not supposed to be you never see as a kid, you see guys with girls. So I created a my man version in my head and start imagining. My wife did the same thing. She, uh, exactly. she would be somebody's boyfriend, you know, exactly. she couldn't like wrap her head around that she could be someone's girlfriend. So yes. she was someone's boyfriend. That is true. I mean, I only figured out that the lesbians exist was later on in life, like my late twenties, like 26, 27 before that. Wow. Yeah. Because again, we're talking about eighties and the nineties where nothing is said out loud and you can't say a word. And I was uh, brought up by a Christian family who was very religious, but I knew there was something wrong with me in that time because I was like, I have no attraction whatsoever for men. And I'm always fantasizing about being with women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to tell my my sister at the age of eight, like, I like your friend. And my, my sister told my mom, my mom comes and put me in her lap and says, you know, it's okay. It's just a phase. You know, everybody has that. And I'm like, Okay. So I think it is just a phase, whatever it is. And then 13, I'm like, this is not going away, this phase whatsoever. I'm still getting attracted to my friends and stuff like that, but I'm not saying a word. And that's when I start going to, you know, the church and everything more. And that's when I find out like, this is wrong. And I only see it in the Bible. And I like, I studied the Bible vividly. And I'm like, there's only saying men with men. There's no something as woman with woman. <laughs> then we're more of a mind is. But as somebody who was um, who went to uh, divinity school, um, we often take those 
uh, passages out of context. They're called yes. the passages and they take them out of context and they also take them out of the, the time in which it was written. And so if we take the Bible out of context, what something may mean uh, in uh, 2023 doesn't mean the same. It didn't mean the same thing years Egg. ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I have read the Bible about six, seven times. Mm -hmm. And every time I read it, it was completely different. But I was getting very frustrated because I, this thing wouldn't go away. And I, I used to pray like, OK, if I pray at night tomorrow, I'll wake up a man and it's all good. Mm -hmm. So I used to pray that so much and it wouldn't work until there was one day I really like shut it out, out loud to my chest, out crying, saying, God, I hate you three times. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Mm -hmm. And literally that night I went to a dream. I had a dream which was so vivid. And there was this huge wood of door that I opened up and then Jesus just came out and he's like, you know, you're OK. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm OK. I'm OK. It's OK. Why? I was like, yeah, don't worry. No, there's not going to be suffering. You're fine. You're loved. And I'm like. Yeah, but I can't deal with this. He's like, no, you're loved. And he comes, give me a hug. And I gave him a hug. And it's like, there's somebody inside that wants to see you. And I was like, okay. So I walk inside the church and it's a massive church. And I look all the way to the altar. It was this guy with a long white hair and beard. And he turned around. He had a chick. He looked like Santa Claus, but he, he had this chick that it was like, oh my God, for me, in my head, it was like, oh my God, you're the vision of what I see as a God. Mm -hmm. And he just smiled at me. And the conversation was in telepathy. We weren't speaking anymore. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you are loved just the way you are. And this is your pathway. It's okay. It's okay. I'm with you. We protect you at all times. Come to me. So I walked to him and he's like, hug. And he hugged me. When he hugged me, it was the sensation. I've been getting goosebumps. The sensation of so much love that the ceiling of the church just bloomed open. Yeah. And then I saw a bunch of carabins. Mm -hmm. like little angels singing and dancing around. And he just lifts me up and goes out to the mountain. I don't remember the song, but it was a, such a beautiful song that it was a sense of, oh my God, this is so free. This is so love. And I woke up the next day feeling like I'm happy. Okay. It's all good. So I'll go and tell my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like mom, I like girls. Poof. Fight, 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 scream, shouting. And I'm like, I just had a great a great connection with God. And it was okay. She's like, that's the devil telling you stuff in your head. And I'm like, I'm struggling with this. And then of course this keeps going on. I go to Lebanon, which makes it worse. So now I'm like in that based fear of, oh my God, I am wrong. I'm going to hell. Now I got demons in my head and the dreams are all wrong and everything. So I have to keep everything shut. And I still didn't believe that it was people like me. You never did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I think on my 25th, 26th that it hit me that there is people like me because I was in, in university by then and I was in my friend's house and a girl walked in and I was like, weird. She, she, she does have a masculine way. And I was like, that's not normal, but it, she's a lot like me. So then I asked my friend, like, she, she's a lot like me. And she's like, oh yeah, she's gay. And I'm like, what? I was like, she's gay. What? Wait gay as in what? It's just like, she explained to me, woman that likes woman. And I'm like, mind blowing. Are you how, telling me? How I'm can you, can I ask you like, yeah, 25 is really old. I mean, like when I was 18, I knew there was, you know, 17, 16. Yeah. So what do you think? Were you, was, were you just closed off to it or you were seriously in a world where just people didn't talk about it? Exactly. That's the issue. See, first, my mother is overprotective. Second, in Lebanon here, we don't talk. Mm -hmm. You can think about it. 
you can assume something, but nobody likes to talk about it. It shuts off. You cannot say the word. You cannot even express the idea that somebody in the family might be. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's like, don't ask, don't tell, turn your eyes. We don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like there will be your old aunt or your old uncle who never will get married. That's it. And until today, there's still a lot of families like that. A lot of families like that. Who I will actually not open it. I actually have a friend who married somebody who is a lesbian from Lebanon. And so it, it is the culture is very close and, yeah. and and it's very hard for people to really accept themselves as they are. Angela, can I, I actually saw, heard you say a couple of words where you said, this is wrong and this is not normal. How do you feel about that now? Oh, after I have learned so much. Yeah. Tell me about that. I'm like, oh my God, it, it's your belief system. It was imposed on you since you're a little kid. Right. And and when you keep hammering these belief systems, your Mm -hmm. nerve system end up creating these belief systems in your head. So, Mm -hmm. for example, we know this, that there's this thing called neoplasticity, which basically means the more you repeat stuff or more people repeat stuff, your nerves connect and that become your belief system. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with skills. The more you repeat the skills, the more the nerves connect. If you stop repeating those skills, they disconnect. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Since you're a baby, you are like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So you are building those nerves and you're surrounded by a family that tells you all these type of things in your head. So you're building beliefs according to what they tell you because they are telling their beliefs out. So mm-hmm. as you grow, you keep receiving more of these repetitive thoughts. So you end up believing it. Mm-hmm. But what made me change was this. And I know this is my sound crazy to some people, but When I was around 28, I was already in the United States and I decided to go down to Brazil because my girlfriend was from Brazil back then. And that's another story. But when I was going to Brazil, I told my cousin, like, uh, Sandra, I'm coming to Brazil. And she's like, oh, you are the black sheep. And I'm like, what do you mean by black sheep? And she's like, oh, you're not going to understand this. But I was talking to this spirit which it's a whole different story. And she's like, I thought was the black sheep. You are the black sheep that is coming to Brazil. And I was like, how did, so what happened is I ended up going to Brazil and she told me that this woman, she can take in spirits and spirits can talk through bodies. So we call them a medium. Mm-hmm. So, and again, religion says, don't touch to these people. Don't talk to these people. These are devils and stuff. So I was already having that conflict. I was like, I'm not supposed to do this because according to what the church says, you're not supposed to do this. But at the same time, like, how did she know it was coming? So I decided to go and we went to this very sketchy place, very dark place. And uh, I'm going there and I'm like freaking out and I'm looking at my cousin. Are you trying to send me away trafficking, kidnapping because it looks so dark here? This is weird. And she's like laughing at me. She's like, don't worry. So we got there and this woman, Claudia, opened the door and she she's it's African-American and she was in Brazil for that. And she's like, hi and everything. And I'm like, this is it. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's not no one. We get into the room and there is all these candles and crystals and everything. And she's like, we're going to start the, the ceremony now. And I'm like, I'm not prepared for this. And Sandra says, don't worry. So her husband comes and start doing the drums. And then out of the blue, the woman start changing physiology. Her face start changing. And her body has changed. And I'm like looking, seeing this in front of me. And I'm thinking, is this a theater show that I'm seeing it? But there was no way that she could have done all of that in one place. And suddenly her voice changed. And then Mm -hmm. she sat down and she's 
basically start telling you things about herself. And I was like, I'm like, what the hell is this? And my cousin says, calm down. This is not Claudia. The one Claudia left the body, it's somebody else. It's a it's basically a gypsy. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting scared about this. I don't believe in this stuff. And she's like, just hear them out. So I was like, okay. So she comes and, and open cards and tear and start talking to me. And then she looks at me and says, it's okay to be who you are. And I'm like, I didn't tell anybody. My cousin doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. And she turned to my cousin. She's like, you see why she's like this? Uh, and then she's like, what do you mean? Well, she likes girls and that's totally okay. She basically put me out. She came, mm-hmm. she came out to my cousin. My cousin was like, oh, so you really are. And I'm like, why? You can't do this. But the, when she said that, I was like, that's it. I believe you because there's no freaking way. Nobody, I used to be my mouth shut. Nobody would have known that. There was no way to know it. And then she showed me more tarot cards saying, the girl that I am, she's going to eventually cheat on me. And there's going to be other things that are going to happen in my life. She says in four moons, something big, drastic is going to happen in your life. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, everybody's going to know that I'm gay. I'm going to be in trouble. Blah, blah, blah. Four moons, it basically is four months. And he actually, my dad, in exactly four months, got into prison. False accusations that he was a billionaire and that he was selling big drugs. And I'm like, dude, I wish that was true. I would have billionaire, but that's not true. <laughs> so he stayed for a month as a false accusations in prison. But that was like more confirmation that I was understanding that there is more into just the Bible and the way that things are interpreted. So I went to the bike and I started searching more, searching more. And I found about Salmon and, and other guys that actually consulted mediums. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, there's so much more into this that we don't know about it. And from there is where I start opening to another world where they were teaching us more information about energy and healing and that the Bible is misinterpreted and that the Bible has a lot of information there that has not been said the right way. And that's how I started to learn that a lot of my belief systems are the reason why I was not happy in life. It was the reason why things were so blocking. The reason why at the age of 26, 27, that's when I start knowing about the world. Because when you are in a, such a belief system where you think, I'm the only one in this place. There's no one like me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're going to see around you. Right. And the moment Absolutely. I, yeah. So the moment I start realizing I'm not the only one, there's many people like me. Doors were opening. People were showing up out of nowhere. And I started being like, ah, it's all over me. It's all over me. And this is crazy. So it's the same thing happened when I moved to Dubai. I was like, Dubai is a place that you can't see any gay people or lesbians. And it's a place that you go to prison. So I'm like, shoot, I'm going to be in in Dubai, all single. There's no way. And that belief system, basically what he did is slap me. Because when I saw a coach about, I'm so lonely and I even stuck in this country. She's like, again, that's not true. This is what you believe system. If this is the belief system that you have, this is what you're going to see. So I was like, okay, fine. So I switched my mind and I did the opposite. It was like, you know what? There's thousands of gays, thousands of lesbians in Dubai. I'm going to be all over the place. And literally within three, four days, I start spotting all the gay people in the malls. And I'm like, oh, all over. And I eventually got to date two women, one Emirati woman and one Indian woman in in Dubai. And I'm like, this is, it's, it's all about the belief system. It's it absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about what you do in your business. So this is why I became this craving to to put it out there for all the queer people, because a lot of us are brought up by family telling us all the worst scenarios. 
all the worst scenarios, you're going to hell. That's one of the first thing they say. The second thing they say, you're going to be alone all your life. The third, they say, there's no places that are going to support you. Uh, you're actually going to be in with people that are just promiscu promiscuous and they're not going to be in a serious relationship with you. You're not going to be able to have a family. So all of these belief systems are hitting you thousands and thousands of times. So you start to actually believe it, that you are right. living in a society where nobody supports you, nobody loves you. And I'm like, that's not true. It, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's in my, in my Lotus group coaching in the later in life group that I run, I often, we, we have a whole, a whole module on authentic and, and, and conditioned self, how we yes. are conditioned to believe certain things. And oftentimes it's really hard to break away from that conditioning because, oh, I'm losing the word right now, but we are so conditioned that when we start to change we have cognitive, that's the word. We have cognitive dissonance. So we're getting fed all this information that we're not straight. Exactly. We're getting, we're that, you know, that we did, we have feelings for girls or feelings for boys, but our other side of the brain is like, no, I've got to be this way. No. So we're like these, you know, cognitive dissonance is when you are presented a bunch of evidence, but you still believe the same way. Exactly. And that's part of this process. And so once your brain begins to accept that you are not straight, you create neural pathways exactly. in your brain. And so then as you see people who really learn to accept their queerness as they move along, like it's just their normal and they don't even think twice about it anymore. Exactly. And the world becomes a happy place for them. They're like, yeah, so natural. Right. And that's what happened to me in Dubai. Everything became natural. Like I was living my life. I was happy. Everything was going great. Mm -hmm. And that's where the spirituality comes in because science is proving what spirituality has been teaching for thousands of thousands of years, but we have put a veil and now people are starting to see this. Like back in the old days, this was already known. But again, with all the belief system and shutting it down. One of the most important thing is that I did my PhD in, in quantum physics related to natural medicine. But here's the most important thing that we learned is that everything, every particle that you have in your body is like a soldier that is listening to your command. So mm -hmm. your belief systems are basically energy that is just sending to these particles to behave. But then the question is, what about what's outside, which is your spirit? And mm -hmm. this is where it comes. Your spirit comes with energy too. So the moment it gets into your body, which usually happens when there's the first heartbeat, the first heartbeat of the baby, that's when your spirit has fully entered your body. Mm -hmm. And then it just builds up its energy. That's why kids still know on the first seven years of their life about their past life. Mm -hmm. We're not here just in one life. So mm -hmm. for example, how do I know this? When I went and of course I start seeing more mediums, one of them told me like, you are in a, in a female body because in the previous life you were a male mm -hmm. and you, you hurt so many people and especially women. Mm -hmm. So you have to be in a female body to understand them and respect them. And I was like, now I understand why I have this masculine energy and I'm in this body because I really wanted to transition. And then when I understood that my pathway was to just understand, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this body because this is a vessel that I, I decided to use to come to earth. And I decided that I am going to keep it even though I'm masculine on the inside. And mm -hmm. the logic with this is simple. It's very simple. If we see in the streets, men using clothes and makeup and high heels, and they can be feminine and totally normal, being straight or not, and women can do the same thing, masculinity, we wouldn't be forcing ourselves to dress in a certain way or do the transition. 
Mm-hmm. Be- the only reason why we do transition is because we want to belong to the world. We want to feel normal. But we say, my God, but I'm so masculine on the inside and I have a body that is feminine. I, it does not match. It does not match because that's what you see on the society. Your society mm-hmm. thinks masculine energy needs to be in a masculine body and feminine energy has to be in a feminine body. And that's not true. We are both types of energies and we are in a kind of a balance of those energies. But I don't want to discount people that have gender dysphoria at of all. Of course not. No, of course no not. I, I, and, and there are people that um, their bodies just don't fit and it is such a desire for them to have yes. bodies that fit the inside. Not everybody feels that way. But exactly. Personally, I'm saying it, it is a lot of people that struggled uh, with gender dysphoria, being trans and transitioning yes. to female, female to male is absolutely perfect for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not against that at all. I'm just saying that this is one of the, the reasons that we go for it. And some people have their very, their spirits are so strong that it just does not resonate with them. And they made the choice to make that transition mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. coming to earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They decided to go through this kind of transition, which is a very hard situation to do. It's actually one of the greatest lessons in on earth is you changing the body because we have the power to manipulate energy. We have the power to change things around and you have the power to make your choices too. But people keep saying, no, you cannot do this. You cannot do that. No, you can. If your spirit wants to make this transition so badly, you're not, you're not okay with that body. That means that before you came to earth, you made that decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come in this body and I am going to make the decision to change this body. And in that decision, I am going to be interacting with many people and learning how to love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's totally okay to do that change. So what type, what type of clients do you work with, Angela? So from all types, uh, basically, I do not only work with gay people, but I work with straight, but I do work with Arab women who basically are are finding themselves to be gay. I also work with people who want to do the transition Mm -hmm. because a lot of them come to me and and they tell me I feel trapped. And I first, I teach them how to love their body first before you do the transition. Because Mm -hmm. if you are in the mindset that I hate myself and I hate who I am and I hate my body, even if you do the transition, you continue having some struggles because of that repetitive thought of I hate myself. I don't love myself. Mm-hmm. So what I do with them is a work of changing their set beliefs. We go from the early age, everything mm-hmm. from inner child, like let's talk about your family. Let's see what kind mm-hmm. of belief systems that were injected to you since the early age. Let's face them. Which one mm-hmm. resonates with you? Which one doesn't resonate with you? Mm-hmm. And when they they decide, because we are not allowed to say what you need to believe or not, it's them. It's like truly from the inside, which one makes you happy. Mm-hmm. That one makes you happy. Keep it. If it doesn't, let's work to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's simple with affirmations, with healing through forgiveness, writing letters, with energy, AFT, meditation, hypnotherapy, all these different types of modalities that I use according to the client, because some clients work better in different ones. We try to release these belief systems that are limiting them. And the more they release them, of course, there'll be some shedding of crime because you're releasing that energy. Mm-hmm. But the more they feel alleviated and the more they feel good about themselves, because the true essence of our spirit is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. That is with a layer of a body that has injected so many conditions that made us feel that we're not that. But the more we take off those belief systems that have been down us down, 
the more we start to shine. And you see people start walking with such a happiness, skin bright and light and happy, all these things going on for them. And they're like, I want that. And I was like, mm-hmm. you can have it. It's it's you. You always been like this before you can. You just mm-hmm. have to get rid of uh, so many belief systems that were injected throughout your life, which comes from the TV, your parents, your peers, your teachers, whoever it is in society. Even laws. I mean, laws, you know, at that, I mean, we may end up having them again, but back in the day, you know, women could get arrested for dressing like men and vice versa and out in public. And so there have been lots of laws. I mean, my goodness, look at the laws that are happening in the United States right now. And yes. imagine being a child growing up and hearing all of this and it you absorb it into your body. And it is very, very exactly. hard to become unchained from the belief systems that are around you that are not your belief systems, but people are, are saying that it's true and it's right. And it's not, it's It's not, it's simply not. But here is the trick of this. The more you focus, the more you're putting energy to that and the more you're creating that system. So when these news in these law come, and if you keep focusing on them, that will be your world. So that's why I say it's not good to be 24 hours looking at TV and being so caught up. Yeah. With that, I'm not saying, hey, just ignore the laws. No, we have to fight. We have to go to ourselves, out parades and visibility. We have to project. That's why I decided to come out uh, about a few months ago, because Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of my cousins who are in the closet in Lebanon. And until today, they're not coming out. And I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. If I have to be the first person in the entire Arab family to come out, I'm going to I'm going to do that. So tell me, what's the biggest challenges in your business right now? The challenge is because I I understand the people who are still in the closet. They're like, I don't want to deal with it because if I deal, everything is going to blow up. I'm not ready financially. I am not ready to to lose my family. I'm scared that they're going to kick me out of the house. So when they they come to me, they have this fear. Okay, I want to do it. But at the same time, I'm afraid of doing that leap of changing that and losing things on the way. And I'm, and in through this process, I always tell them, yes, there might be some loss. Like you might lose some members. You might. But in the end, you don't lose you. But also, too, when you make space in your life for people who will love you unconditionally, when you let go of the people that you just, you know, they're in your life because you're biologically related to them. Exactly. <laughs> um, when you're able to let them go, you are able to let in so many people that are just going to love you for you and who you are. And that, like they have no preconceived ideas of who you are and how you should be. And so sometimes losing family is incredibly painful for our community, yes. but it also opens up spaces. It opens up spaces for other people because when you learn to love yourself, then you end up surrounding yourself with people who love you. Yeah. I mean, this story is, goes with my mom. My Mm -hmm. mom, when I finally came out to her, it was screaming and shouting. And then I did get married to, to my ex-wife at that time. And my mother did not show up to the marriage. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was tough for me for six months. My mother wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, I was very upset about it. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I got myself a wife. I am living my life. And eventually my mother felt the pain. As much as they don't want to be with us, they also feel the pain. Six months later, we were talking and she was like, I do not like the fact that I lost my daughter. I am still not okay with it. But she started to rationalize that she needs to 
open herself to me. Otherwise she's losing you too. So don't think it's just us that are losing people. They are losing too, because we They're are losing, beautiful they have, people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your biggest success? I think at this moment is embracing myself and loving myself mm-hmm. and like truly loving every inch of me inside mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. all my flaws to all my qualities. And I believe that when people do that, when they start to really love every part of them, there is nothing that will stop them. The, the freedom will come to them. The happiness will come to them. They will be in a state of peace. Mm-hmm. So that was my one of my biggest, greatest conquer because I had a lot of low self-esteem in the early ages and a lot of putting myself down. But once I got to really love myself and take all these conditions, today, nothing bothers me. If somebody comes and tells me you're going to hell, I was like, you come with me. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to go there. <laughs> well, hopefully that, well, as, as, I mean, time goes, as time goes on, you tend to surround your, with, yourself with people that exactly. absolutely don't say those kinds of things to and, you. And the most interesting part is that when I came out on Facebook everywhere, like I had zillions of people sending comments of love. If people mm-hmm. that I don't even talk to 20 years start saying love. And then I had aunts, relatives, who live in Lebanon supporting. And I'm like, ha. Huh. So I came to Lebanon four or five months later. And here is how the power of coming out can do to all of this. I had aunts come and say, I think my daughter it is. How do I deal with that? Like, yeah, you this know, that's is what actually I'm true. Yeah, when I um so I go to the I haven't I I go to the water aerobics class here in Nashville. Yeah. And I have like, so they know I'm an ordained minister. So, and they also know I'm gay because my wife goes with me to, to the class. I have so many parents and grandparents come up to me and say, my child is gay. My, my grandchild is gay. And I, it is so, it's like, they're desperate to find people who they can talk to about this who will just be like, it's okay. You can love your grandchild. You can love your child, you know, and you need to do that because it's important. And like, it's almost like they're seeking permission from somebody. And, and it's like, it's so sad that they don't get permission from their religious institutions often, which are very important to them. All it does is cause damage. And is it family values to reject your child? No. It is not family values to reject that. You're supposed to love unconditionally, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be your one piece of advice for somebody who is queer and who's going into this business? You have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't pretend. I mean, I have seen some people pretending to be something that they're not in order to attract. And the truth is your heart is a magnetic field. And -hmm. if you don't do it from the heart, you're not going to attract anything. Mm-hmm. So the more you are yourself, the more you are authentic, the more people will we'll love that. you, will trust you. Yes. yes. And they will come to you. And this is how it worked with me. People come to me. I like, they see me like, I trust you already. And the reason mm-hmm. why they trust me is because I trust myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that's how I attract clients who are in that fear base of being inside the closet. And they're like, I trust you. And I trust that you're patient with me. And I'm like, yes, I'm patient with me too. So I have to be. This mm-hmm. is how I work. Mm-hmm. So that that's the right thing coaches have to do is be authentic and show up every day, every day. Angela, where can people find you? How oh, so I, listening to this and like, I've got to talk to her. Where do they find you? 
So I have my website, which is www.angeljbelly.com. And I also have my Instagram account, which is Coach Angel Jibelli. Uh-huh. So they can find me there at any time and I'll be you know, open to listen. That's the most important part. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story on the show today. It was delightful and it was great to talk to a kindred spirit. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.